welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. <laughs> oh man, life is so funny. Today, let's talk about forgiveness and being wronged. <laughs> That's right. Have has somebody ever done you wrong? I bet someone has. Welcome to episode number 65. And it's our time to talk with each other, right? Every five episodes, we have our little time together. You know, this podcast sometimes is like a documentary. Because something might happen to me, and that might become a topic on this program. And that's what happened just the other day. I, after three years, text messaged a former employee of mine who left on not so good terms. He's upset with me. According to him, I did things that didn't agree with him. I didn't do anything bad, quote unquote, intentionally. But I'm not the type of person that holds on to grudges or anything like that. I feel that communication is a part of being human. I like to communicate. If me and you have an issue, we should talk about it. Even if you need to take a few weeks or a few months away to collect yourself and then be able to talk about it. But this young man just wasn't able to do that, I guess. In fact, he <laughs> blocked me on all social media. He just cut off communication completely. I mentored him. I did everything I could in my year or year and a half with him to make him better. Sometimes I was hard on him. And I was trying to harden him up, you know, get him hip to the game of business. I was very business oriented back then. I don't know, three years ago, four years ago, doesn't sound like too far back, but I've changed a lot since then. I wouldn't have been able to do this podcast three or four years ago. No way. There was more awakenings that needed to happen. So I put myself in a vulnerable position. It wasn't planned. It was spontaneous. He crossed my mind. And I, I like the kid and I want him to do well. And I texted him. And I said, hey man, miss talking to you. It's been three years. I hope everything's going well. Let me know if you'd like to hop on the phone and catch up. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how he responded. And if you have appreciation in trolling 
or antagonism, you might appreciate appreciate how he responded. You ready for this? He responded with a PayPal link. I'm looking at my phone like, what? I even clicked on it. I'm like, oh, for real? This dude's really requesting money right now. So I, I, at first I'm like, is he requesting money? Does he think I'm someone else? What, what? So I, I responded, you know. Yeah, I, I sort of, I was being playful. Like, oh, are you, you know, do I, do you need my money to like have a session or something like that? And he said, I need $120 to continue this conversation. Now, mind you, he worked with me on my health program, my detox program, which was called the ETS 120 because it was 120 days. We were helping people overcome illnesses and chronic situations. and So... That confirmed that he knew it was me. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said 120. <laughs> but I didn't get mad or anything. He, clearly, he's not over it, even after three years. And so I just responded, you know, I'm rooting for you. May the blessings be. I hope all is well. It's not a big deal. It doesn't change my life in any way. And it doesn't change his life in any way. It just shows you that he has not gotten over it. I would have to assume that he views me in a negative light. Right? Would you assume that? We have our own perceptions And those perceptions become opinions, judgments. And then we get caught up in our head. These opinions, these judgments, they become real life. But they're not, they're fantasies. We do this a lot, especially with our parents. We do this with our parents. We judge them, right? Nobody affects you more than your parents. Because you typically live with them for the first 20 years of your life. At least some people more. And so we create these opinions, these judgments. You ever date someone, get into a new relationship, and the topic comes up about parents, right? And the other person, you know, you say, oh, so, you know, tell me about your mom. And the other person can give you a novel about their mom and what mom is like and all the negatives and all the habits and all the patterns. And this hat, she did this when I was 12 and this, that, and the other. but then somebody else might have a completely different perspective of that woman that someone calls a mom. So you can see where opinions and judgments 
are quite useless and cause suffering. I find forgiveness pretty easy myself. My ex-girlfriend, back in 2010, 2011, she did me really dirty. She wronged me in a way that is beyond the average wronging of a relationship. She went above and beyond and wronged me and my family. I have never revealed that story on this podcast. I think only maybe, maybe 10 people know the story. A few of them lived it with me because I was updating them as everything was unfolding. But I was definitely wronged at a high level. It wasn't just some normal, you know, your girl cheats on you type thing. It was above that. It was a different kind of betrayal. And I'll reveal that in my book once I write it, which is going to be called Chasing Nothing. It's going to be sort of an autobiography mixed with things I've learned. Um, so I'm not going to tell you that full story today, but just that it was quite the experience that happened when it all unraveled. And I texted her the other day and wished her a happy birthday. That's me. I can't stay mad at someone. Even if I am mad at you, it's not going to last more than like 20 minutes max. Because <laughs> life is a joke. We're all here to have an experience. You're supposed to wrong me and I'm supposed to wrong you. And I learned a lot of this from the blue antelope my mystical mentor of seven years. He was there at the end of my relationship with this woman back in 2012. It was October 2012. I'm looking at the email right now. I opened it before I press record on this podcast because I'm going to read it to you. You know, it was his mentorship that, that started me on the path of the mystic. Allow me to read it to you. Of course, if you're not familiar with the Blue Antelope and everything that happened with me and him and how I met him, that's all on episode 20. I'm going to read this email and go back in time. October 20th, 2012, I said, How do you forgive? Someone in my life very close manipulated and deceived me and my family in a major way. I'm angry. I gave this person a piece of my mind the day it happened. 
Of course, my spirituality kicked in and I saw myself getting out of my zen. It's a major deception, not just a small lie. I want to forgive, but I'm having trouble. This happened two days ago. Maybe it's just too fresh. It's hard. Any direction would be appreciated, my friend. I hope this email found you well. <laughs> now you can tell I'm a total beginner here because I use Zen as like a slang word and I said my spirituality kicked in. <laughs> so for someone like him who's very far advanced than I was back then, he's, I'm sure he's looking at it like, yeah, this is, you know, this is a seeker. This is a beginner. So... He had some teaching to do, didn't he? And he responded, Peace, Kevin. As a mystic, my reply to your question is beyond what most people are willing to accept. So I'll share what I've been taught and have realized, and you can reject whatever doesn't feel right to you. <laughs> I got to stop there. I just have to stop there. Yeah, I just just chills running down my back right now. <laughs> because he's so elevated and higher level, but I couldn't totally comprehend it back then. But what he just said, you can reject whatever doesn't feel right to you. That is a major piece of words that reflects his elevated consciousness. I don't know if you're seeing that or not. I hope that you are after listening to this podcast, episode after episode. He doesn't care what I think. There's no attachment to respectability. He's about to teach me something. And he's just saying, whatever doesn't feel right to you, reject it. <laughs> he's not a teacher. A teacher would never... Can you imagine your high school teacher coming to the front of the class and being like, "I'm gonna, all right, I'm going to teach you about American history. Whatever you don't like, feel free to reject it. <laughs> This is why awakened masters, mystics, teachers, sages, they're not really teachers. We use the term teacher, but they're not really teachers. Okay, let me continue. And I quote, But to your question, how to forgive? I would say the question is deceptive. Mystics teach it is not a human's place to forgive anything or anyone, but instead to be forgiving towards others. And the standard is applied to any perceived quote-unquote wrong, whether it be big or small, committed by a stranger or a loved one, the first or the one millionth time such a wrong has been committed. 
The difference between forgiving another and being forgiving towards another may be subtle, but profoundly distinct. I'll explain. Mystics teach that everything in creation belongs to the beloved. Everything. And anything we seem to possess, such as bodies, possessions, experiences, is only given to us on loan. To use an example, if I borrowed something from you and my brother broke it, should my brother pay me or you to replace what was broken? He should pay you since the item belongs to you. In a similar way, when someone wrongs us, it is not us they have wronged, but instead the beloved to whom it all belongs. Any judgment, restitution, amends is a matter between the beloved and the person who committed the act. Let's stop there. I feel the energy just circling my body right now. Mm, the chi just flowing. Are you picking up what he's putting down? The beloved. Who's the beloved? He's talking about what some people refer to as God or what some people refer to as source or what I like to refer to as the whole existence. When you wrong somebody, it's under the eye of God, under the energy of source, the whole. It almost doesn't have anything to do with the two parties involved. Borrowing from the brother example is, is a pretty good analogy. All right, let me continue. And I quote, Now, certainly, we can be affected by the acts of others. And in an immoral age such as this one, people are being afflicted constantly by the harmful acts of others. But this is part of the choice of living among humans. Remember, our conversation about collective karma often has a wider sphere of influence than individual karma. If you own a car and do everything perfect in terms of karma, such that nothing bad could happen to your car in terms of your individual karmic merit, if you live in a society where the collective karma is such that cars are stolen all the time, by virtue of living in that society, your car may be stolen. So unless you want to go off somewhere remote and live in isolation from people, unfortunate and harmful things may happen to you just by the fact of living among people who have the karmic conditions of committing unfortunate and harmful acts. But no, we usually don't complain about this aspect of karma 
when it brings pleasant things into our lives, even if our individual karma doesn't merit such. Mm. So for the mystic, the choice to live among people includes the willingness to endure unfortunate and harmful acts. This realization alone eliminates any concept of needing to forgive or judge others. Because it acknowledges that the choice to live among people includes the acceptance enduring unfortunate and harmful acts. <laughs> oh my gosh, Blue Antelope. Just, it's just beautiful. Can you imagine what I'm thinking right now reading this email in 2012? Not fully understanding the universe. Looking at it from an egoic lens of just somebody did me and my family wrong and, you know, how do I let it go? He's saying there's nothing to let go. The acceptance should have been there before you even started the relationship. <laughs> I hope this is blowing your mind just like it did for me in 2012 when I'm just like, what? And again, I just always kept on coming back to who the heck is this guy? Elevated. Higher. Evolved. Being. Let me continue the email. And I quote, And acceptance is at the essence of being forgiving. To accept that a harmful act has been committed that affects one's life. So often talk about, for, people so often talk about forgiving others, but it's nothing but a clever way of the mind not wanting to accept what has been done or sometimes seeking to change what has happened to a more favorable outcome. When most people talk about forgiveness, they are not talking about simply accepting what has happened as an incident that occurred. <laughs> but the reality of acceptance goes deeper for the mystic. Not a single thing can happen to us unless the beloved wills or allows it and if the beloved wills or allows something into your life is it wise to not accept it <laughs> don't confuse acceptance with passit passivity the mind is particularly clever in using this line of thinking to reject acceptance of things it doesn't want to accept Acceptance doesn't mean being a victim or unnecessarily a martyr. For the mystic, acceptance means accepting what has been done as it has been done. And in accepting what has been done, looking to the beloved for how to proceed. <laughs> Guidance from the beloved can include spiritual teachings the examples of spiritually mature people, or sometimes intuitive message 
received, such as from the heart, your dreams, your visions, etc. But such guidance will not seek to appease the ego, even if the ego is benefited by surrendering to such guidance. <laughs> oh man, this is just poetry. Let me continue. He wrote a lot here. Another benefit of being forgiving towards others is that it reflects forgiveness, one of the beautiful qualities of the beloved. And we can only benefit from embodying the qualities of the beloved. If one comes to realize all the things the beloved forgives and is forgiving towards within the scope of a single second, we would see that all the harm we endure throughout an entire lifetime becomes so small, so insignificant to what the beloved endures. Now, this concept of wrong, as I've stated, it's not our place to forgive. It's also not our place to judge. And forgiveness and judgment go hand in hand. One cannot determine what needs to be forgiven until one has judged what is right and what is wrong. And the mind's concept of the right and wrong is so limited and diluted primarily because it seeks to cater to the ego. The ego judges on the basis of its conditioned likes and dislikes. And sometimes what seems like a wrong to us is an unfolding benefit. For example, the incident of a major deception and manipulation occurring now may be a way of protecting you and your family from a greater harm that will be avoided in the future. And if that greater harm never occurs, it may not even register to your mind how this present incident is a blessing. But the mind will have no problem holding on to this incident as something negative if you allow the mind to make and sustain such attachments. Only the beloved and the rarest of spiritually mature people would be able to see these dynamics at play. Pause. <laughs> pause, pause, pause. How are you holding up over there? Are your ears vibrating? You know, this is the long spiritual version of things happen for a reason. You're not in control. Somebody wrongs you, it's going to happen. It's part of your life unfolding. Let me continue the email, and I quote, I remember something a wise person once told me. To hold oneself to be wronged is to be selfish because it feeds the ego. The wise instead say, I have experienced a wrong. 
they would not personalize the wrong. Again, a subtle but profound difference. If one sees oneself slipping into the selfishness of victimization, how I, in quotes, I have been wronged, take caution and be aware. An assured antidote for selfishness is selfless service. If you are genuinely engaged in helping another person in a selfless manner just to serve them, you will find it difficult to think about yourself or any wrongs you perceive as being committed against you. And selfless service can leave a fragrance upon you that lasts beyond the performance of such service to be a protective buffer from the mind's egotistical wandering. <laughs> and don't beat yourself up about giving the person a piece of your mind. Use this experience as a means to reflect and contemplate. What does it show about your present spiritual state? In what ways have you grown and in what ways do you see room for growth? And if, in your reaction, you committed a wrong, then by all means seek forgiveness from the beloved and see if and how you are guided to make amends for any wrongs committed. Also, look to the beloved to guide you in how you should proceed in regards to how you were affected by the deception and manipulation. The beloved usually guides us to move toward a place of healing and protection after we've been negatively affected by others' actions. The beloved also uses such incidents as powerful reminders to turn our attention to the beloved. There's more I could say, but I'll stop here hoping that some of what was shared is helpful. Take care. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond to this. This was not what I was expecting. Back in 2012. I have to read this three, four, five, six times. It just shows you that forgiveness is actually not real. It's about understanding. Understanding that we're each having an experience and incidents are going to happen. Me and this young man who's probably in his early or mid-twenties now, what happened with me and him helped him grow and it helped me grow and I'm grateful for it because I had larger awakenings after him, directly after him, like a month or two. You never know when someone's going to be a catalyst 
for an awakening. The blue antelope was a catalyst to put me on the path back in 2012. But my ego was still there and it was still attached to proving myself and becoming a health practitioner and starting a business, etc. And I wasn't able to form a solid spiritual practice. This happened in 2018. Once my incident with the young man I'm talking about happened right after. Like I'm reading this email for the first time in so many years. It's like I understand everything he's saying. Clear, crystal clear. There's no way I could understand it back in 2012 or 2013 or 2014. But it's so clear now because I'm on the path. Do you understand? So it's unfortunate that this ex-employee of mine doesn't want to talk. We don't have to be best friends, but I would have liked to got got on the phone with him and discover what it is that he thinks I did wrong. And it could have been a very healing conversation, but he's clearly not ready. Instead, he decided to troll me and be mean, basically. He could have ignored me and not said anything. Or he could have told me directly, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk to you. I have no reason to talk to you. Some people are like that. My... One of my best friends, Taylor, who was on this podcast for the systemic racism episode, that's how he is. If you get on the wrong side of him, he's <laughs> he's going to take you out of his phone, take you out of his Facebook news feed, and he's just going to totally cut you off and just never talk to you again. He's out of sight, out of mind, you're done, psh, gone. I'm not like that. You know, everyone's different. So... I took a risk, I guess you can say. I made myself, I put myself in a vulnerable situation and reached out to this guy. And what I got back was not so nice. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm grateful for him. And everything that happened. And I... I would, it would be really cool if one day he came to that conclusion as well. That we needed each other for that one year or so. That's it. We all need each other. We're all going to come in each other's lives and help each other out. Even if you think it went bad or someone wronged you. I remember after the incident happened, I actually emailed the Blue Antelope. And I'm not going to 
look for the email right now, but I do remember he said, this is something that often happens with mentors and students. It's very much a normal thing. And so be it. I did mentor the guy. I tried my best. You know, everything works out in the end anyway. (laughs) I sure do appreciate our talks every five episodes. Of course, next episode, we'll be I'll be back to interviewing someone and having a guest. Be sure to go back and listen, man. We man, we're having some great guests, aren't we? Be sure to share. Let people know that this inner peace podcast exists. And tell them it's not it's not just a podcast, it's a meditation. Lay down and listen to it. Sit down and listen to it. Have a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Yeah, you could listen in the car. You could listen while you're mowing the lawn, but the magic happens when you treat it like a meditation. I'm going to end it there. Thank goodness for the blue antelope. Life would be so different if we never crossed paths. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.